Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together, that's my shit together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Well, I'm going to pay attention to this, Matt Weber. After a, a, a yeoman's performance to get in this morning after the team had their final game last night and went to the bar, and Maddie volunteered and to be in this morning, and here he is. NSA uh, Futures down 14, so we have a... a I always st- enjoy working Fridays, talking to Kevin, talking to Carl. It's always a, always a fun show. Um, what, do you want your, your, your right wing shot or what? No, I, I I just think they're both enjoyable to listen to. Actually, they are. I don't care about politics as much as most people do. You can't tell them that. <laughs> well, I I will tell them that since you won't. Well, I mean, I mean, we we know the drill. I mean, it goes right to their heads, both of them. <laughs> you know, yeah, my my boss uh, just this week suggested I write a book, and I told her the title would be High Quality BS. Um, <laughs> Well, my, my so that, def- that's what Matt enjoys. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> mine would definitely be No Good Deed Goes Unpunished. I would have billions of, t- of chapters. I don't even need high quality BS. Just give me medium quality BS. The, uh, <laughs> well, that's you know I, I may be over overestimating myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mudville Nine, after a valiant effort, went down to defeat in the first playoff game last night, Kevin. Well, you got you know all things considered, um, you know the, uh, I'm, I'm sorry they lost, but at least they got decent weather for it. It could have been actually it was a real nice night for baseball. Worse. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, nice. not only was the weather decent at 50 degrees, it was actually better than it's been the last several weeks. Uh, the the park district actually dragged the field. the The lines were chalked. The grass was mowed. It was <laughs> the field was better than it was in the summertime. What's going on here? Park lackeys going to work. It was unbelievable. It was it was it was truly the best uh, sort of game experience we had had, and and we lost a close game against a good team. And you know we played solid. We just came up two runs short. And uh, what can you do? Scored two more. Well, that would have been nice. We lost uh, ten to eight. We scored every inning except for the seventh, uh, and uh, we we shut them out the the uh, fifth and sixth innings, and hung right around there. And I thought you know that was going to be enough to uh, get the offense fired up and going, and we just couldn't get the big hits. So, well, yeah. as you well know, Kevin, it's a, at night it's somewhat of a different game. It's kind of it's much harder to play defense. Plus, this particular park, let's just say they're they're stretching the uh, the ability. They have these huge light towers. And they have two lights on them, and the lights are kind of designed to, you know, illuminate the park, really. Uh, you know, in, in a way where like, kids can go out there and throw the ball around. Some, it's really not designed for a baseball game. I mean, God, you could never play hardball there. You'd, you'd bonk somebody in the eye. But all you really need, since they have these beautiful towers, and two, is for somebody to skinny up there or, you know, whatever, a fork. Uh, all you need is like one more light per tower, and it would be fine. 
you know, I don't, there should be, all you, all you would need is, you know, two switches. One for the two lights you have for, <clears throat> for just general park nights. And one more to light the <clears throat> maybe third, third and fourth light on each tower. And you'd actually have really nice lighting and a real nice field. But, but, uh, man, the outfield, you can barely see the outfielder. It was really hard. So, so what you're saying is if you tried to play there, uh, um, you know, doing anything but, uh, what, what, you know, the softball is that you'll put your eye out, kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is well, that, I mean, okay, you're, you're officially a, uh, an old man now. Well, I mean, but you, I mean, we used to practice, uh, football at, uh, 107th Monroe Park. And then, and we'd play, uh, we practiced for this really good touch team I played on at, uh, God, what's the one that's behind the Graver Park? They, they were lights, and they're, they're park district lights. They're designed for a whole place to have this sort of general lighting uh, scheme. And, 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 and you can go play, especially at that age. You can go practice football, and there's, there's plenty of light. But it, 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 there's no, I mean, it, it's not designed for somebody to actually go play a real baseball game on the, you know, on the diamond. But you could easily change that. But these lights at least are around the diamond enough to where, you know, if you put one more... You know, aimed one more can the right direction, two for sure, you'd be fine. But, you know, I don't know. I gotta suck it up. I gotta be like the old pirates in Fort. But, you know, the weird part is these guys, <laughs> I don't know what the story is with, with you guys, Matty, but I'm gonna say at, uh, Horner Park, I think the Radio League, I think they paid these bumps, what was it, 65 hours a game per diamond? Or something? I mean, this is a park district? Or was it fifty five? It was going. It was pretty heavy the last oh, year, man. For, di- for renting the, uh, yeah. the diamonds. Yeah, we're not talking about. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. I played a long time at Horner Park, um, and uh, um, I I, I kind of liked it, but we, you know, ours was a, a like a Sunday morning league, so uh, Sunday morning to early afternoon. I'm going to say, out of all the parks around, that park has more people doing more stuff in there, and it's better managed. Than any than any I've seen. I mean, there's well, uh, DePaul Gordon Tech used to practice football there. They, all these kids playing soccer there. They got every Pee Wee League, Little League game in the world, and then the softball we had, and they got the field. I mean, it was there was stuff going there. Plus, every I'm trying to remember, do they have lights there? Because we always the, played the during one, the daylight. The one field did. We never okay. played. Remember the one field where they could actually play a hardball across? Yeah. We walked past it. They had they had really lights designed for hardball. I mean, you, you could play. Uh, you know, ninety foot bases there. They had that one big diamond. Yeah, I, do, I do remember that. But nope. the softball fields didn't. They always hosted no, the no. first round of the Metro tournament too, which was a you know they had so many diamonds that it was it was really nice um, because you you, you know the, that tournament uh, with you know is, is citywide and it requires a lot of games in the first uh, first few rounds. Yeah, they probably had and seven. I, eight I diamonds. have some really good memories of uh, of tournament games there. We uh, uh, one year by uh, winning that. Um, that division, we uh, played. We got a uh, World Series invitation. The um, yeah, I, I thought those guys and, and, and the entire neighborhood. If you want to see people walking dogs, got how many dogs go by every two seconds? Or me was a, you know was the official because there was a big uh, like sidewalk around the park, and the park has to be it's got to be what a mile around it's a big right? ass park. I mean, it's got to be. It goes from uh, Irving Park to uh, what's the next street? Is it Montrose? Yeah, Montrose. So that's a half a mile. It goes Irving to Montrose, and then it's, uh, you know, California to, to the river. California and, and the river. Yeah, it? exactly. So I mean, it's got to be, well, it's a, it's a mile, I'm going to say, it's a, it's a mile and five-eighths around. So that's a, it's a good walk for your pooch, or for anybody yeah. for that matter. <laughs> 
but yeah, man, you know, Kevin, if you want to, you want to meet, <laughs> if you want to meet girls, just go out there and and you know, or either get a dog. That's that's the easiest way. It's so simple. All you do is walk around there with a dog, and you and you be, be pleasant. There's a million ladies around, and then of course the, you know you got to you got to let them know you rescued the dog to tell you know show your tenderer side that type of thing. Well, I remember when we first got our dog, and we were doing something, and my brother had to come over and, and watch the dog for an afternoon or something when he was a puppy. And uh, he took him out for a walk in Lincoln Park and uh, had a great time. And when I, we got back, he was like, hey, can I come by uh, a couple times a week and <laughs> take oh, this yeah. dog out for a walk? I think I talked to, like, five chicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a great thing. The thing <laughs> is, they don't, want, they don't care about your name. They just care about the dog's name. Well, that's, uh, you, that's where you got to maneuver. Yeah, you become, you become Fifi's owner. <laughs> God. <laughs> that is the truth. That is the truth. I mean, uh, I mean Scruff was very popular. Because he got along with all the other dogs, so he was he was a kind of pooch number one. Plus, he was an old terrier guy, and we liked him. So he was good friends with Puck, and he was the only guy who liked Jake the boxer. Otherwise, none of the other dogs liked Jake, but Scruff, Scruff could put up with him. So <laughs> the uh, anyway, so Kevin, we have a uh, one of the wilder weeks in the market I've seen in like a really long time, and we have uh, some different parts. We have still got the spider up like twenty S and P up maybe twenty two percent on the year. And if we'd had another down day or two, we could have got the Russell like down on the year. Um, so there's major splits in the indexes, and we have some stacks uh, that are just getting you know, the stacks that I, you know, I'm not going to take any sort of a that I was giving out advice because I wasn't because I don't even keep track. But you know, once in a while, uh, in the last few months, I've been looking at some of these stacks and just mentioning, you know, how high they are in terms of. The normal PE, you know, type of, you know, revenue per share, that kind of thing. And I just, you know, make a comment, but I would, you know, never told anybody to get short. And to be perfectly blunt, I didn't get short. So it's not like it's, you know, hey, I got puts in this one and you guys don't type of thing. I mean, it's not the case. But I'm looking at this, you see this DocuSign last night? It like beat on top and bottom. Yeah, under. what was that about? I, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't I just, get to dive into it, but I, did I think see Kevin, the, uh, just a, there's just there's a real story about him. What's somehow, going on there? somehow the information is just all coming together. That you know, somewhere, no matter how much they put it off, this inflation's a problem. There's enough people around to know that the one, the one way, you, you, the only way you, you deal with it eventually, no matter how much these bumps tell you, there's other things. Oh, just just worry for uh, you know the, the people that show up on time at the ports and uh, everything will be okay. I mean, Kevin, that is that, that's not just wrong policy wise. That is so ignorant. How somebody gets on TV and says that, I don't know. It's it's a monetary thing, and 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 everybody knows that some piece of the market upsurge has been the incredible pouring into the money. I can't quantify it. My guess would be that the the stocks that we've you know the I won't say real companies, but the the Procter and Gamble's of the world, the people that are making money, the Apple's people that are. I'm going to say they're they're five to ten percent vulnerable, and maybe. You know, over you know over a shorter period of time, if the economy does improve, they'll be right back where they are. It's not a big deal. Some of these other stacks that you know that are that are you know two hundred fifty, three hundred bucks that have never made a dime, they're incredibly vulnerable. Now, I'm going to say that even though DocuSign quote beat things down seventy four dollars this morning, one fifty nine fifty. Now, now we're talking two thirty five, two you know two thirty five, right? Uh, so if I was going to do, I do I do a lot of. Uh, uh, earning spreads. I try and take advantage of the volatility week to week where you can put these spreads on. 
Now, the danger is if it goes moves too far, you don't make any money. You'll, but, you know, if it happens to land where you think it's going to land, what are the chances, Kevin, of if a, if a stock's trading 225 of me saying, hey, yeah, 160, I think that's the number tonight. <laughs> the thought, even, even if I thought the stock was expensive, I would never pick a strike 75 hours below where the thing's trade. I bet there wasn't even a 160 strike. And the options. I mean, this is this is so crazy. What's, what, so why why is it? Uh, you know, what's the explanation for DocuSign being uh, so vulnerable? I, you know, why why DocuSign well, Zillow not? You well, know, so, not well, there been a few. There's been a few. Zillow was one. Or, I mean, the last couple of weeks, I don't trade a lot of those stocks, so they kind of blow by my brain. But there's been a few of these somewhat surprises on stocks that, uh, oh my God, you know, it happened to Square, I think, a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's not not to this extent. But some of these are just saying, okay, well, let me get this straight. I mean, everybody's, you know, you had Kramer on there talking about, no, nobody's ever going to sign a document in their life. Okay. I, I actually happen to like the company. I just don't like the price. I mean, you know, when you start talking about, if, if you, let me, let me be old, an old man here for a second. Well, maybe more than a second. Stock is trading 225 and things are, quote, normal interest rate wise. Which means you can actually get some money for risk-free money, which you can't now. Um, if it's normal, you're talking about a maturing company, which these guys are. I mean, they're not—they're not brand new anymore. So, I mean, they should be figuring out a way to make some money on this. Okay, two twenty-five. They should be making, I'll say, you know, say say it's even twenty times earnings. You know, they they should be making ten bucks a share, and someday sending you a check for you know not that instant or whatever. They should be sending you a check for four. They're they're not. We're not talking the same decade, Kevin. That that's not happening. And so, I mean, at some point, people are going to say, "Well, what are you doing for me lately?" I mean, Amazon, same way. Tesla, same way. I mean, okay, well, when are you guys going to start making? I mean, Amazon's trading thirty four hundred bucks. I mean, they're they're a retailer for God's sake. I mean, they're very innovative. They got all the cloud stuff. I get all that. So they they should be priced a lot. You know, more more. Uh, I say more differently than than, um, than Macy's or someplace, but the question is how much more. At some point, you want these guys making you know two hundred and fifty bucks a year and sending you a check for like fifty. And uh, I do you see it in our lifetime? I don't. Well, and and, and so the the question there becomes, you know, can they continue to um, expand the customer base? Can they continue to uh, innovate and come up with new products or uh, or Maybe vertical markets acquisitions that would allow them to, um, you know, to, to just continue to grow the business and justify the the price that's a bet on the future. I get that, and is that really is that the problem with DocuSign? Is for a long time they've been considered basically a technology company, even though I don't know that I would. They're a company that uses technology, but they have, have and and they have a good product, but they have a product that's. Um, uh, you know, that's pretty much a commodity. Um, so, is is that the issue with DocuSign? Is that just you know people are looking at them and going, "Where are you going to grow?" I think so. And yeah. well, I think it also comes down, Kevin, as you can, there you can command TV or radio, and you can say, I "Don't don't bash all these stocks that appear to be too expensive," because guess what? Some of them, some percentage, are going to do exactly what they tell you they're going to do. And they're going to be the next Microsoft. They're going to be the new Amazon. So don't throw them all out. And, I'm, I'm, and I am not anticipating that. What I'm saying is if you put a list of 25 of them out there 
and you say, okay, how can every one of them grow, I'll use the term, grow into their price? What, what does the economy have to look like? And I, I actually did this study when I was younger and more, more, uh, more prone to do this kind of stuff. Uh, in 1999, I did that for like 10 or 15 of the biggest dot-bomb stocks. I said, okay, what are these guys that make nothing? How much revenue do they have to do they have to have to make this much money? Because even at their margin, and uh, God, Kevin, it was, the, the GDP had a double or something, something bizarre like that. I mean, they they just can't all get there. You know what I'm saying? In the uh, yeah. so I mean, I mean, these guys cash flow. So now you now you have to guess right on the winner. Yeah, the cash flow per share is like zero. I mean, they're, they're, they're yeah, it's, it, it, what I think you're describing, and I'm just asking the questions here, but let me see if I can. What you're describing is a company whose uh, stock price and financial performance resemble that of a um, a startup that is becoming very successful. And DocuSign's problem is it isn't a startup anymore. That's exactly it's right. Way far away from that. And so now they should be performing like a mature company, or they should be coming up with uh, new products, either via acquisition or via um, internal development or you know organic growth. But they should be coming up with something else um, because uh, otherwise they're just another mature company that uh, can't justify the stock price. Well, that's right, and, and, and it, actually, Kevin, that's not that's one of the most funds fun most fun most fun of of the of the, uh, you know, what I do and what a lot of people think of the market is when you look at, you know, the stock that was my first example of it, well, the, the one remember back in Dud Day, remember eBay? eBay sure. was, was so innovative and still exists. Yeah, it still exists. They were so innovative what's her name made so much money there she went on to be the chairman of Hewlett, right? Meg Whitman. Yeah, she made so much money there she had a, a deal where she was selling a certain amount of stock like like every week or something and uh, I mean just, just spectacular stuff and uh, and and she, uh, you know, one of these. I just sat there and said, you know, one of these days, the the thing is going to be. Meanwhile, you know, so they're, I'll pick a number. They're eighty times earnings. All right. Meanwhile, your other retail stores are, you know, back a couple of years ago, they were like eight and ten times earnings. Some of them, maybe twelve. I'm sitting there. There's going to come a day where instead of being this massive innovator. Somebody's going to say somewhere, whoever the somebody is, one day the market's going to say, hey, it looks to me like they're just a retailer. And sure enough, that happened, Kevin. And all of a sudden, their price is kind of like a retailer. And they had, they had a, a little bit of a flare because they had PayPal. Okay, so but then they spun off PayPal, and that's been the better performer, right? But, they, but PayPal used to be owned by eBay, for those of you who don't remember that. And, uh, and, and they were because PayPal was very innovative. They were priced in there, so it was a combo. It's like it's like Amazon. Are they just a retailer that's going to flare out with the COVID flaring out, or is, are they going to be able to jump to the cloud or those kinds of things? And I'll say they they have managed to jump from product to product, sort of like Apple. I mean, 15 years ago, when anybody thought Apple was going to do phones, or 20 years ago, I mean, so they've managed they managed to you know to take their cash flow and jump from place to place and and stay, I'll say, uh, active, right? I mean, nobody, nobody would call Amazon just a retailer now, would you? Um, no, no. Um, a- Amazon is, uh, you know, the, the cloud service. Where Amazon's wisdom was recognizing that what they developed for their own infrastructure was something they could sell, and, and that was cloud services. And their cloud services are so far 
have advanced so far beyond just saying you can buy server capacity on demand to a whole host of different lines of business within the cloud business that you can see that that's an innovation company and and for the foreseeable future it will continue to grow whereas you can you could look at uh, eBay which you know stopped innovating and uh, um, and lost you know lost its share didn't even didn't even modify its model very much and got its uh, lunch eaten by uh, by Amazon as Amazon came along and grew blew past them uh, and you can find lots of other you know I, I'm wondering where Apple fits into that now because when Steve Jobs was the CEO they were an innovation company when you like you said nobody imagined a phone you know uh, Jobs was the guy with the great imagination who could see um, trends with products that didn't exist yet. Well, and, and you also have the last thing that Apple's rolled out is the watch, which is very popular and it's and it's growing. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, that that process had started under Jobs, and I'm not sure that the Tim Cook Apple has, uh, you know, I, I don't know where it's going. I think it, to me it's a question mark now. Well, you have, uh, and, and at some point, you know, th- this is this is America, and. Even though I, I rag constantly on how difficult it is for, I'll, I'll say people in in in, uh, in Matty Weber's t- age group, some of whom would, would have pretty serious leftover student loans and those kinds of things, and we have, uh, you know, just buying houses that are pretty darn expensive. How hard it is for them to become an entrepreneur and essentially tell your boss, "I'm going to start this new business next week," when it's hard to get the loan. It's, you're going to pay way more than Amazon would pay. The simple fact is, there is incredible, there, over time, there's, there's competition in this country. Even now. I mean, you look at eBay, I'm going to say, when I was on the trading floor, so I was, that was 2000, I was still there. They had, they had like no, other than your catalog places, they, they were essentially a, uh, in a lot of ways, they were, other than people selling their own stuff from home, they they evolved the essentially if, if the guy in uh, the guy this, 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 the camera store in uh, Rapid City uh, Dakota is it South Dakota wanted to wanted to be a, make a, a, a countrywide splash they put stuff on eBay and they and they said look we'll sell you the, these lenses just as cheap as the guy in Chicago and oh, by the way you don't pay taxes on it which is a problem out of the get go which hurt I think bricks and mortar day one but it's another story. So they, you could do that. I mean, these guys put that together. It was very much the model of, uh, of Warshawski's, which they would sell a million car parts that would come, people could list their stuff in their catalog. And it may, I mean, you made it sound like Warshawski's was selling it, but they weren't. Okay, so if you wanted a fender or a, a, a tailgate for a, you know, those old Jeeps, you could go to Warshawski's and there it was. And sure enough, there's some guy somewhere, either had them or was making them and come right from him and you'd swear it came from the Warshawski's warehouse, which it didn't. So eBay was very innovative in doing that. Not to mention, you could sell your stuff there. Um, <laughs> then the, the guy who bought it from you, he'd sell it to somebody else a year, a year later because he didn't want it anymore. I mean, you know, so, but now all of a sudden, Etsy is where the more upper crust people are, right? Yeah, whatever that means. Well, it's, it's more uh, crafts oriented. Crafts yeah. and, and um, you know, custom fabric uh, well, if you're going to sell a, so if you're going to sell a what you think is a valuable antique now, my guess is you'd sell it on Etsy, not eBay, because Audrey's done some of this. Yeah, yeah, and e- eBay, you know, e- eBay 
never eBay was let's put it this way eBay was slow to let go of the auction model um, yeah. and w- once people could get low prices without having to get into a bidding war with somebody um, then uh, it, you know they they needed they needed to get more to the uh, to the same model that you're used to now with Amazon which they which they eventually shopping. did it's just a marketplace which they eventually and did. Which they eventually did, and they, you know, they started in with the, you know, the take it now pricing. So you could, you know, you could list your product and say, uh, here's here's the auction, uh, you know, with the most recent bid and all. But there was always a higher price where you could say, hey, if you if you're willing to pay this, you can have it right now, and and the auction will close. And well, you know, I, that, that was their foray into it, but I don't, I, you know, but that didn't that didn't make them inexpensive. Well, you know what they. Uh I think hurts them again. This is just one one schmuck talking about this particular subject. Um, I I love the, everybody knows I like to look around for old trucks and stuff. I haven't bought one in a long time, but you go on there and they, there's all these auctions of these old trucks, right? And there's guys that are involved in this. And they put these old ones together, and you want to buy a you know an eighty an eighty five Blazer, which are really neat looking trucks, but they rusted out like like mad. So, but if somebody has one from you know California or someplace and has fixed it up, I mean these things go you know for a pretty good price. But you know what, Kevin? It's it's a royal pain in the ass. You get on there and you look at the price, and and I, and I watch these things, and all of a sudden, ten thousand, eleven. They're on there for Tuesday. They get like, you know, two hundred bids, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, minimum not made, and they pull it off, and all of a sudden, two weeks later, it's back on. I mean, come on. I mean, it, 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 you've seen the, the same truck on there ten times. It's it's become a spot for people to put something, just looking for the the one pigeon in the country that's willing to pay up to your price. And it, it, they're not really trying to sell it. It's not an auction, or it's not really a price. They'll never let you know what the minimum is. So I, mean, I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing on there, other than taking up space. I mean, there might be some idiot somewhere that'll bid fifty grand and they'll say okay, but other than that, they just keep putting the thing on again, on again. I mean, you, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that does for the site or for anything. I mean, you, you, nobody would go there to actually buy a truck. I don't think. You know, I'm just saying. But well, and, and the other thing, whether it's a truck or whether it's something else. Um, Amazon got into distribution too. So, yeah. whether you were a marketplace seller or whether you were Amazon, it didn't matter. You could have Amazon do all the fulfillment, all the shipping, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know that that became the place for the sellers to go, <clears throat> who didn't have either the expertise or the ability to scale in that part of the business, but could crank out product. And uh, and so it was the perfect place for a seller to be because you could just go in and say I'm listing it on here, I'll I'll pay the commission even if it's exorbitant, even if I think it's a lot, because the cost for me to have operations and uh, you know pack, uh, picking, packing, shipping, and warehouse, you know all the warehousing and distribution side of the business is too high. And Amazon, you know, as a result of you know Amazon did scale and Amazon got really really good at that. Well they are but I I, I I don't like the idea that they withhold payment from these people and then use that to finance other stuff. I anyway, cuz in this day well, and age there's, there's stuff you might not like about the way they conduct their business, but they're really good at what they do. Uh they are and and they as soon as they reach to the point, they know right when they have the monopoly power and they're not afraid to use it. Just saying. You got it. Let's be future up 75 cents, the that future's up 9. We'll come back Kevin let us in on what's with all this coaching stuff going on. This is crazy. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. 
The control freaks guide the life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Mr. Uh, Matt Weber on the board. We have Sir Kevin O'Neill on the phone. And I have a, I'm going to treat que- uh, Kevin's uh, question about DocuSign as like a question from a listener. I actually dug up all the scoop on this DocuSign. Uh, at this, at this level, at this level, they're, they're down to a mere, uh, well, what's, what's two, 250 goes into 160. They're, they're down to a mere 75 times earnings. They were, they were 100, so. You ask yourself, is it is it enough? <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, S P Futures up three and S P Futures up sixteen and a half. Dow Futures up nine. 
individual stocks in the Dow, there's really nothing moving uh, anywhere here. We've got American Express up a dollar twenty-two. They were getting clobbered. They got clobbered more than most on the the new COVID, the Omicron scare. Although I'm going to say that uh, even though it is in this country right now, it looks like uh, well, first of all, all the people who got it seem to have been vaccinated. Everybody had mild symptoms and they're over it. So I don't know where the panic is coming exactly on that, but. Uh, and again, it's not for me to decide. Uh, over in Asia, you got the Nikkei up 276, bouncing back a little bit, 1%. They've been down most of the week. Shanghai up 33.9%, uh, and uh, Hang Seng down 22. These guys have not gone the same direction all three in like a real long time. That's strange. Hang Seng, however, down 22 points. Let's call that one marginally flat. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 30.2%, FTSE up 26.4%, Kekaran up 11.2%. Uh, we've got bonds down one uh, basis point to 1.43, a far cry from the 1.6 something when they're on their way to two. They're like oil on their way to two, but going the wrong way. Uh, Bund unchanged at minus 0.37. Japan unchanged at minus point zero, uh, positive point zero five. Yesterday, big huge rally, uh, bounced back from the day before. Uh, the Dow was up more than we were down the day before at 617. S&P was down 80 and they're up 64, so we got back most of it. Uh, NASDAQ up 127. They've actually been the least volatile this week, which is, again, not, not, not the usual situation. Oil up a dollar 85. We're trying to get back to 70. Not much less 80. They can't get back to 70. 68.35. Brent up 196. 71.30. 71.63. Natural gas up 14 cents. 420. Our Bob up 4 cents. Over $2 at $2.9. So almost $2 even. Gold. Up eleven dollars, seventeen seventy-three. Still doesn't seem to have any chance of getting over eighteen hundred. If it does, it gets whacked like a whack-a-mole. Uh, silver up four cents, twenty-two thirty-two. Copper unchanged, four twenty-eight. And we've got crypto. Uh, our Bitcoin is down one hundred six, fifty-six thousand nine thirty-five. These guys are have become not very volatile and kind of range-bound here. I'm not sure why that is. Maddie, what do you got for us? Traffic weather, sports. 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We have a couple of crashes to report already here on a Friday morning. I-80 eastbound just before Center Street near Joliet. We have a crash uh, that's causing stop-and-go traffic. That's exit 131 on I-80 eastbound. That crash has been moved to the right shoulder, but still some uh, delays caused uh, from it. Uh, we also have an accident in the northwest suburbs. Uh, Bussy Road, which is Route 83 at Thorndale Avenue, there is an accident. Uh, but other than that, it's nice and quiet out there if you're heading into downtown on a Friday. No issues on the Edens or Kennedy. Eisenhower and Stevenson are still all clear. Same for the Ryan, I-57, and the Bishop Ford. So enjoy a nice, quiet start to your Friday. Weather today, uh, we'll have rain in the forecast on and off today with a high of 47. Right now it's overcast and 45 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, lots of sunshine and a high of 80 today. Right now it's clear and 53. In sports, it was a good sports night for our local teams last night, Chief. The Bulls went to New York and beat the Knicks 119 to 115. And the Blackhawks went to Washington and beat the Capitals 4 to 3 in a shootout. Uh, so, uh, at the bar last night, both games were on and, uh, the, uh, appropriate fan bases were cheering back and forth and it was a lot of fun. I should have come to the bar because I had to choose at home. Oh. I, I saw the Hawks just tied at three. Then I go, I put the Bulls on, it was nine minutes left, and I had to watch one or the other, I stuck with the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls game was exciting, back and forth as well. Uh, the Suns were also in action last night, and they beat the Pistons 114-103. to 103. And then you had Thursday Night Football, which uh, saw Dallas uh, pull away from New Orleans late and beat the Saints in New Orleans 27-17.
The uh, Kevin since you uh, remember the uh, well, way way was almost before our time. The Jackie Gleason, you asked the question. Well, you asked the question about DocuSign. That was, that was a great a great skit, by the way. Uh, God, all those people are dead. Uh, Jane, Jane Mansfield, and she was on there with Frank Fontaine, and it, it was something really stupid, like uh, Jackie Gleason say, well, "Okay, who like who wrote the Monroe Doctrine?" You know, and Jane Mansfield would say, "No, that's a trick question. We all know that it couldn't it couldn't possibly have been Monroe." <laughs> and but anyway, they were they were. By the way, it wasn't Monroe. It was James Madison wrote it, right? Uh, when when he was. Uh, he was one of the secretaries, and, and Monroe was the president, correct? I, I think it was actually Madison that wrote it, but I don't think that group knew that. Anyway, DocuSign, now get a look at this. They, they topped third quarter expectations with an earnings report. But, you know, th- this is what, that's what I'm saying. It, when you're trading 235, it becomes rarefied air. Because uh, what happened is it says, easily top third quarter expectations with its earnings report Thursday afternoon, but the company's billings, which reflect future business under contract, and fourth quarter forecast came in lighter than expected. In a statement, the electronic signature company's chief executive said the immense growth experienced during the COVID-19 pandemic appeared to be dissipating. After six quarters of accelerated growth, we saw customers return to more normalized buying patterns, resulting in a 28% year-over-year billings growth when it had been a lot higher. Uh, but here's the here's the deal. That, they... they re- I don't actually. I don't quite understand this. Maybe you do, Kevin. Uh, reported third quarter loss of five point seven million or three cents a share. So, and their best quarter, they're losing dough. And sales of five hundred and forty-five million up from three eighty-two a year before. Now, this one I don't get. After adjusting for stock-based compensation and other effects, the company reported earnings of fifty-eight cents a share. So they obviously, evidently, now you somehow can subtract out stock-based compensation. But here's, here's another, you know. Kevin, and without, I'd rather get, I want to you and Maddie's opinion on this, because you know, you know where I am. I, uh, you know, I've owned, you know, a company for a long time, and, uh, I always was in a situation before I really was going to make any money. The people who gave me money to put the place up, including myself, they're going to get paid some. These guys today are not bashful of taking massive bonuses before the, before the, uh, investors get a dime. Am I right, Kevin? I mean, uh, I, so in other words, but now these guys, let, let's say they're 58 cents a share. Let's say we buy that number. We're talking, what is that, 230? I'll, I'll say 250. That's not trading 230 something. Alright, so we're talking 100 times earnings on their, on their best quarter ever, which they needed a pandemic to get. Now, again, I'm not gonna say that these guys aren't gonna be making 50 bucks a share two years from now and I'll be eating, eating crow, as they used to say. But, Kevin, really? I mean, the numbers are just too high, I think. What do you think? Well, yeah, um, again, sooner or later you have to, you have to turn, uh, investment dollars into profits. Isn't that the simple concept? But you know what? Somehow or another, they, they, the, this, this new management class that our friend Eric talks about, these guys aren't shy. About about taking like millions of dollars in bonuses in in, in in stock grants before anybody gets a dividend. I mean, nobody is now. I, I don't see how that how that permeates the playing field, but it does. And then the weird part is they buy the stock back and they think they're giving money back to their shareholders. No, they're not. They're giving money to a, sh- a guy who doesn't want to be a shareholder anymore. What am I missing? 
That, that's the good question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what are you missing? Because because it doesn't make sense uh, on its on on uh, on the surface. Well, it does if I'm on the board and I have stock options, or if I'm if I'm the president. Let's say I want. I mean, if, if you if you want to if you want to be the uh, the guy who just you know set off the snake bomb, all you got to do is walk into one of these boards, and when they say they're going to buy stock back, say, why don't we just pay a dividend? That 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 boy, that, that that's a fart in church. What do you mean? <laughs> we we all have, we all have stock we all have stock dividends and you know, or stock bonuses. You know what happens with a to stock when you pay a dividend? It goes down, right? So you would think there'd be some some compensation package that you and I have talked about before. There will be some compensation package that even if you give a uh, a, a CEO and the, and the other knaves and the board members these stock options and say, okay, that the stock is uh, trading hundred. We're going to give you guys, you know, massive stock options at 150 or 200. We, now, the first thing you do, especially if you're the class I was in, University of Chicago, is say, okay, what behavior is this going to bring about that I don't want? Well, the behavior is going to be all I'm going to try and do is get the stock price up, which means there's never going to be a dividend. Um, we're probably going to decide and buy some of the stuff back, even if it's, you know, why would we do that? We just spent all this money to go out and get this money. So we're going to start buying it back. You would think you would enter some kind of a clause that says, wait a minute, for all the people that have stock options, for every increase in the dividend, they're, they're going to get the equivalent of, uh, if the dividend is a dollar a share and they have an option, we're, we're going to give them 20 cents on the option just, just so they, they get something. So even if, even if all they ever do is increase the dividends, they're going to get something other than just the appreciation of the stock price, there should be some combo there that somebody smart enough can put together and say, let's let's just not detract from them ever paying a dividend because they don't get anything from it. But, you know, am I wrong? So, so basically, you're looking for integrity in the process, right? And and, and you have to assume when you're doing these compensation packages, there's going to be none. That they're just they're all they're going to do is manage to their package. You would hope you'd find. Is the Yiddish column? You'd find them a mensch. Boy, that, that yeah. there, there you go, Matt. Uh, uh, Matt there's your uh, <laughs> manage to your package title for today's show. Manage to your package. <laughs> <laughs> as such that, as it is, <laughs> that seems so much more than just the title of the show. Yes, yeah, seems like yeah, we're just live by. Sounds like the title of a porn movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, well, um, coaching packages. I'm going to say, Kevin, out of the gate. That the Irish. I, I don't want to hear about any coaches package. Oh God, yeah. I, that, uh, <laughs> that out of the gate, the Irish might have matched uh, Kelly on a year-to-year basis, salary-wise, but they were never going to. With the ghost of Charlie Weiss sitting on everybody's shoulder, there's no way they were going to guarantee somebody 110 million bucks or 90 million, five million bucks. They weren't. They weren't going to give him a 10-year package and then three years from now fire him and have to pay him for seven more. That's my. Yeah, that's and, my and, guess. And in in. In Kelly's case, um, what what I have read, so I can't confirm this. Uh, there, there will be, uh, I'm sure, FOIA requests for the uh, um, the contract. Uh, but what I have read is, a they had to pay five million to Notre Dame to buy Kelly out of his Notre Dame contract. So we talked about that the other day. Actually, I didn't. I don't remember um, that. We did not say that. Uh, well, we talked. We talked. We didn't say that. We talked about whether there's a yeah. buyout when the yeah. coach leaves. Um, so uh, so we so so there you have that. Um, Part two, and and he doesn't have that many years, or didn't have that many years left on his Notre Dame contract. He only had a few years left on it. Um, but part two is 
what I've been reading is that uh, for LSU to get rid of him, they're going to have to pay him two-thirds of the remaining as the buyout. So not, not 100%. Not not 100%. But if you think about that, if they want to get rid of him in three years, they're going to be paying him, what, $9 million a year? And then they're going to owe him two-thirds of $9 million a year for the re, uh, for seven years? So that's forty. He better do well because he's going to be the most expensive failure if he doesn't win one there. Now, saying that, when I think of the coaches who have won national championships at LSU recently, um, you know, Kelly Kelly will be a failure if he doesn't win one because if Ed Ogeron can win one and uh, Les Miles can win one, (laughs) well, better. You know, I'm I'm kind of thinking Dead Cat ought to be able to win one there at some point in time. Well, Kevin, our our buddy Beldo, who I haven't seen since the COVID, by the way, I miss him. I used to get all my incredibly trivial sports stuff. Uh, There's 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 a site somewhere he used to drive. I'll check out this site where they have every you know coaches buyouts and. It's not all that, well, how can I put this? It's a real lot of dough, Kevin, but virtually every new guy in the last 10, 15 years that got a new contract, they jumped to the head of the buyout thing. I mean, even uh, Lovey Smith, when he went to Illinois, what did, what did he get, man? Was it three and a half a year or something? or Something, something bizarre. It's like somewhere that. in that vicinity. But, yeah. it, but he, had a, he had a seven-year deal, right? Was it seven or... But like his for the first year... You know, his buyout became six times, you know, 3.5, so it was 21 mil or something. So for a while, he was like in the top five, but then every year, as other guys signed their contracts, you know, he dropped out and other guys dropped in. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it, these, these two guys, like the Oklahoma guy now going to Southern Cal, he's probably going to be number one, right? But over, but if this becomes, quote, the price for these guys, 10 million, three years from now, his buyout will be down to sixty million, and some other guy will get a hundred million dollar thing, and he'll be on top. Not, you know, it's just the way the math is working, Kevin. I mean, your 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 top ten recent, either recent contract guys or recent hired guys are always going to be the the highest buyout guys, right? I mean, not always, but most of the time. I mean, I, yeah, it's just the way the math works. But um, I, I just my simple, stupid South Side questions are. Now, the $6 million house, the guy buying the guy from Southern Cal. Now, are they going to buy essentially like a governor's mansion for the football coach? Or are they going to buy him a house that is his personally? That gets the well, key. if they're buying him a house that is his personally, then whatever the contract says they're paying him, what do you got to do in California for a really uh, luxurious house? Like triple the contract value or something? No, they said uh, they said they were going to pay $6 million for a house. And then one tweet I read. That's part of the deal. They're, they're buying his his two houses in Norman, Oklahoma, which they allege are worth a half a million apiece. I, I don't know. I've never been to Norman, Oklahoma. Matty has. So say he's got two houses. They're, they're going to pay a half a million over the the retail price. So in other words, you think your house is worth a half a mil, they're going to pay him a mil for two houses. So there's a million right out of the gate, which I think is probably ordinary income, but I, I don't know. We need to get somebody on who knows that stuff. So now all of a sudden, now they, if they buy him a house and just give it to him in, in California, I have to believe that's taxable all of it the first year, correct? Now if, if they go out and buy like, you know, the governor's mansion or the White House for the guy that now has become the football, you know, and so when he gets fired, he not only has to get thrown out of his office, he gets thrown out of his house and that's going to be the house for the next 10 f- football coaches. 
uh, which I really can't believe that there's going to be a White House for a football coach, but maybe there is. Uh, then, then what? He just, he, they, then he has to, uh, take the implied rent to his income, correct? I think. Probably. Yeah, so the, so the, I guess the question is, who's getting the title of the house? Um, I, I assume the coach is, I assume Lincoln Riley is. Um, who's choosing the house? I, I don't know. You know, are there, are, is there a limit? Does he go back to him and say, "Well, I really need this one for six and a half million"? I, it, I, I don't even know how that stuff's going to work. I'll tell you what: if if that were me, and I, and I was to bring my significant other with, which I probably <laughs> I don't see how I couldn't, plus I would want to. If I brought Audrey with and said, "Oh, by the way," She loves houses in the first place, being a real estate lady. <clears throat> there you go, buy it. Find us a shack for six bill. I think she'd be happy as a clam. <laughs> Dan- dashing around LA, <clears throat> telling the realtor, don't, don't, don't hit me with any of these chump five and a half million dollar houses. Start, let's, let's get one right at six. <laughs> I, mean, I bet you never know. So did he take a pay cut though? I mean, with, the, when you factor in cost of living, uh, just, I'm just, Norman, they, t- they took care of the cost of living. Well, I get, I get that they're buying the house, so I guess maybe that takes care of it. But just salary and, and overall, I mean, in Norman, Oklahoma, I assume his money's going way farther than it is in, in Los Angeles. Oh, yes and no. Norman is really, you know, it, it, it's essentially it's part of Oklahoma City. Yeah. And there's a lot of oil money there, which means, you know, I, I assume means it's different. Uh, it's a different college town from, say, South Bend. Um where uh, you know that the cost of living is probably higher there than many college towns. I'm, I'm just guessing. I'd have to do the the legwork and, and find out for sure. Uh, but I, I suspect it's it's uh, higher than most college or than many college towns. But by the same token, it's not Southern California. So you have to factor in cost of living. This would be a good. We need to get Robert Rayola back on yeah. and have him talk about the entire. Well, uh, but how? When what? Because he's also got a thirteen uh, a thirteen uh, percent state income tax there, and I don't know what Oklahoma's t- uh, state income tax is, if it's anything, but uh, uh, but that's that's a significant uh, dent in the earnings as well, and uh, and and he and it's not like he can claim that he's earning a, a lot of money outside of the state of California because you know a, a large percentage of his games will be in California and his entire work week will be in California so i i think pretty much all of it is going to be subject to that state state tax uh, you know or, i don't or, i don't think you know 90, 90 to 95% of it's going to be subject to that state tax i'm going to say that uh, the last time robert was on we didn't ask him the specific question but i don't think that that had gotten down to the college ranks kevin that if the irish play uh Florida State and Florida that they're trying to get Kelly's chunk of his paycheck that week. I think it's I think it's just the yeah. We were all we were talking about the pro ranks certainly with Robert, but I, yeah, I don't I don't I don't, know. I don't think it's. I mean, I, I don't I don't I, I well I don't know that it is or it isn't. You know, but what I'm saying is it doesn't matter if his, his if if whether whether the state of Arizona is going to try and get a a piece of his contract when he goes to play Arizona State. Is one thing, whether but but definitely the state of California is taking it out of his pocket. Oh, without That's a doubt, be where he lives and works. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I uh, so the the question becomes. <laughs> so he should probably hope Arizona wants some of it, so that. Uh, uh, although I don't know if he get to offset it, if if he would offset it, or if he would. Uh, 
uh, if he would simply um, uh, uh, have to pay the difference to the state of California. At some point, I'm not sure how. At some works. point, Kevin, that's, like, a, that's a tax guy question. Now, when they when they when we hired the new chairman of the CBOE. I was the guy who said, wait a minute, we're paying him this much money, he can pay for his own tax attorney. But that's why they didn't really like me that much. But I'm going to say that gasoline is cheaper in Norman than it is in L.A. I'll pretty much take that bet anywhere. Uh, at a, at a hundred million, at $10 million a year in, in a $6 million house and a million dollars out of the gate to get there, I'm going to say he can afford his own gas. Screw him. Just saying. I, I am sure he can. So, with just a few minutes left, I would like to hear your thoughts on Marcus Freeman. I know you, you, I, it, I could tell in your voice you were kind of hoping he might be the next guy, and it appears he is the next guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Thirty-five-year-old coach with no head coaching experience, but seemingly a great recruiter and a highly respected guy. Well, Manny, before Kevin says it, before your time, there's there's two kind of coaching ghosts at, at Notre Dame. One would be the ghost of Charlie Weiss in a super long-term contract. The other would be the ghost of Bob Davey, which would be the very talented young defensive coordinator that came in and then all of a sudden was not head coach material right out of the gate. But that one was further away than the, than the Charlie Weiss. So it appears, Kevin, we're willing to go down that road at least. Well, Charlie Weiss was also a first-time head coach, as was, um, you know, you can go back to the days of uh, Terry Brennan and, you know, and, and do the same thing. So... Uh, you know, it, it look, it's a huge risk. Uh, Zara Parsegan once said, uh, you know, he was like a, a head coach for 13 years before he got to Notre Dame and he needed every one of them. So I, yeah, I think it's, it's always a big risk when you hire a first timer. You, you're not sure what you're getting. On the other, uh, on the other hand, is it, can it work? Well, uh, let's see, uh, Bob Stoops at Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Um, uh, what's the fellow's name at Georgia? Um, well, Rackney Kirby Leahy. Smart. Yeah, Rackney Leahy. They were uh, Yeah, Kirby Smart, uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, you know, there, there are plenty of examples of really good coaches and really successful coaches who are in their, you know, dig, uh, became that in their first job. Uh, Ryan Day at Ohio State, same thing. Um, and, uh, um, uh, uh, Cincinnati coach, uh, um, Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle, thank you. Uh, Luke Fickle is, is, is another example. He had one year at Ohio State uh, after Trussell was, uh, had to leave, um, where he was the interim head coach before, uh, uh, before they brought in Urban Meyer. But, uh, but really, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, he was a, a head coach. Now, it, uh, I, I just tweeted out at, at the break, a, uh, it's, it's a long interview on Chris Zorich's podcast, that was recorded last July with um, uh, with um, uh, Marcus Freeman, and you can tell he's a different cat. You, it, he's a guy that you want to do well, um, and and so that that will be the refreshing part is that you want to do well. And one of the things that he emphasizes is, you know, that when uh, um, Zorich asked him what uh, about leadership and how he defined leadership, and he said it's really about making other people better, um, and you know, it's it's that mindset, and I I totally approve of it as a as a you know as someone who teaches a lot of leadership and does a lot of research into leadership. That you know that that really is your job is to to do better by the people in your charge rather than to get enamored with being in charge. And that's a sea change from Brian Kelly. Um, it, 
was oh, yeah. always about Kelly. Uh, now it's more about the athletes. You can see why they, uh, in a year's time, have uh, fallen in love with playing with him. We'll just see if he can uh, do the CEO part of the job uh, as uh, well, because he's been a good defensive coordinator, and he's just the kind of guy you really want to see. Well, I would hope that he, I think some people, like you just explained more eloquently than me, probably the, the worst example of that, is our is our beloved uh, coach in Chicago? He had never been a first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and he was hired as he was a special teams coach. If you don't remember from Dallas, he comes back to the Bears because he had fire in the belly for sure. And George Hallis said to him, "Mike, you've never been a, a head coach before. Take care of the offense. Get your get the, your feet under you. Keep this guy as a defensive coordinator. He's real good, and let him do his thing, which is Buddy Rant. That got under Dick his skin, and it's still under his skin. The thought that he that there would, there would be some, you know, some even passive little check on his authority, but yet this guy seems like hopefully the attitude you and I would have, Kevin. Hey, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. By the way, I need some help over here. I haven't done that yet. I don't have a problem asking somebody to help me there. I'll, we'll both be better for it. But you know what? A lot of these guys are just not like that. I mean, it's, if he's one of those guys, I bet he does. And it sounds like he is from what everybody says about him. It sounds like he is. Then I would I wouldn't hesitate. Really, why would I? Yeah, I, I agree. And he's a great recruiter, so you know he, uh, he's he he should have enough talent to be successful at any given time. Uh, and so you know I I I, I like him. I I, I don't I, I would have liked to have seen Notre Dame um, do a real search, you know, um, and and see who else might be interested. But I also get that there's some timing issues there that may have come into play. And by that I mean if they want to get in the playoff, um, you know, ha- uh, having the coaching situation resolved might help them. Oh, God. Uh, they're, 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 they're liable to be paying for a national championship this year, which Kelly hopes to do someday. I mean, it, it's insane. I mean, if, if not. Yeah, hey, one other note about Kelly, too. He tried to get most of the staff to come with him, and most of them said, no, I'm staying at Notre Dame. Uh, that was telling to me. Yeah, that was very telling. That that the, the big name guys that he tried to come get to come with him had no interest. Yeah, well, didn't the whole oh, thing? Well. Didn't the whole mess? The, the, the one last thing I'll have to find this and tweet it out too because I know you got to go. Um, but uh, I'll see if I can find Kelly's uh, address to the uh, basketball crowd at LSU. Somehow he has acquired a bit of a southern accent. Oh god. <laughs> Oh god! Which tells you what a genuine guy he is. <laughs> well, real and Carl probably like like listening to this when Lou Holtz was at uh, was at Minnesota, right? And he gave he, he thought he was going to get the Ohio State job. Well, famously, when he came to Notre Dame, he said something about you know, and he had a weirdo accent. So you know, I I was very happy at Minnesota, but if I uh, everybody knows that if you if you if you cut my my artery, it would it would bleed blue and gold. Well, Pete said that was interesting because when he thought he got the Ohio State job, the same speech you 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 sworn it would, would what is it red red and gray or red yeah, and so- crimson and gray. If you cut my my artery, it would it would bleed crimson and scarlet gray. and gray. I think <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. The scarlet, scarlet and gray. gray. He, just, he just changed the colors. 
Anyway. Yeah, well, no, nobody said, nobody ever said Lou Holtz wasn't full of baloney. Oh but, yeah, uh, SP Futures uh, up five. He, he he was, and he was very entertaining about it. But you know, it was like you could see the look on his face as he said some of this stuff that he didn't believe half of his own BS, <laughs> and it would get so many people, you know, uh, especially media people, so exercised it was. SP Futures up five, Nasdaq's up thirty-two. Back, it's Carl Denicher. This is Earnings Friday. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly. Clear. Well, no, face Tyson Jacks. I'm Tomo. It's Mr. Webber, Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures up seven. Nancy Futures up 35. We're trying to get this rally to go for two days in a row. It was a big rally yesterday, bouncing back after Wednesday. But this has been the, the seesaw week for sure. Big numbers, stuff flying around. We had the DocuSign thing last night where they've gone from uh, 100 times earnings to uh, basically 70 times earnings. Is that enough? I don't know. Do we have Mr. Carl? Uh, some phone issues. Oh, phone issues are are always good. But yeah, when there 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 are definitely times when you start looking at these, um, like when you see this morning, you know, Kramer, the headline here: stocks stocks oversold. I don't know. He's probably right. I mean, we're, we bounced back from uh, yesterday. Uh, I personally, from my clients, have had a very good week. Uh, the the moves have been so so crazy that. Hey, Carl, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing all right. I was just saying, I don't normally do this. I'm just saying for my clients and my protected stuff, uh, we don't, you know, it's normally a little, a little boring, but it's been anything but boring this week, uh, Carl. We, uh, you know, we were, we were able to roll puts two, three times where, uh, we've actually had a real nice week. And, uh, you know, normally that kind of doesn't happen when you're protected. You just, you just, you know, you don't do, you know, anywhere near as bad as other people on the way down. 
But we actually didn't lose anything on the way down, and because the volatility went up so much, and we were able to get rolls. Uh, we worked pretty hard at getting the, our adjustments, and a couple times we popped up in the morning. We sold calls, and we were able to buy them at the end of the day. It's actually been a if if you if you did your your regular stuff dutifully and worked hard at it this week, it's been a really good week for our strategy, which is nice. I mean, uh, it's nice to come out ahead on a deal. Well, it's been a pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, you know not bad. It's it's. Uh, I'll tell you though, it's been a it, it, when you look at what's going on in the last week and what's driven it, it. It really is one of those things that leaves you sitting there scratching your head about the general level of intelligence of people that are driving this narrative and what they're actually doing it for, what the purpose behind it really is. Uh, I, I'm not a conspiracy guy at all, as, as I'm sure you know. I mean, a little you're, bit, a little bit. How long have we been talking bit. now? A little bit. A uh, little bit. Yeah, just a little. Uh, and, and I routinely go after people that are on the, you know, on the, the fringe lunatic side, uh, regardless of which angle of it they're taking, because 99% of the time, they're full crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's, yeah, there's nothing to it. But there, this, this thing, this Omicron thing, which, by the way, you know, they skipped over Z because we can't defend, uh, you know, the chairman, right? Yeah. So, but this Omicron thing is especially intriguing because there was zero evidence that this was a, a oh my God, the world is coming apart, you know, the meteor is going to hit the earth and we're all going to die kind of event. There, there was absolutely nothing in evidence to suggest that that was true. None. What there was, however, which now we're starting to get a few people that are in the, the so-called expert class talking about it and at least musing about it, what there was was a suggestion that this was yet another lab mistake, whether it was intentional or not intentional. Oh, really? I had not heard that. Okay, keep going. Oh, yeah, no, it's a, that's actually fairly... I, I think it is close enough to conclusive that the alternative explanation is that, uh, that I'm going to get hit by an asteroid when I go to get my mail this afternoon. I mean, it's we're talking about that level of probability, and, and it's just simply because the closest genealogical match to this particular strain of the virus dates to May of 2020. That's a year and a half ago. Really? So what you're basically arguing is that we picked up, what is it, 20, somewhere between 16 and 25 mutations uh, in, the, in, you know, in that strain, and at no time between May of 2020 and now, with every nation on the planet doing, you know, all kinds of sequencing, and they're testing everybody, and they're, you know, they're sticking swabs up noses, and this and that and the other thing, at no time did anybody detect this evolutionary pattern until it magically showed up, you know, two weeks ago. In South Africa, of all places. Well, what do you think the odds of that are, dude? Uh, not very high. And I, I uh, was sort of on the same parallel line of questioning. I, uh, just out of pure circumstance, uh, Carl, I, uh, I'm, my doctor is with this MDVIP group. Everybody's got a group now, right? you got to pay money to the group. But they send me right. newsletters from time to time that some of the research they either are doing or seeing or whatever. And just so happened, three weeks ago, I get this newsletter from them, and it says these are the, uh, you know, a lot of the known variants of the COVID, like so far. And I remember you and I talked months ago about the, 
the one was it the AIDS patient that they that, that couldn't shake it. He got uh, COVID and he couldn't shake it out of his body, which is where, they, where the, the mutations generally happen unless they're in a lab. Um, the guy had what fourteen different mutations in his body because he couldn't get rid of it. But so I get this thing from these guys, and it's a, you know kind of a, not a huge spreadsheet. It's designed for every man to read. But they started listing right. like all these variants. And then, you know, that's why Delta was D, because there was a bunch before it, and, it, and this one's O, so there's a bunch after it. And they talk about, you know, there was one called the, the Eek, E something something, E1115 something something variant, and they thought this was going to be really bad. They call it the Eek. And the thing they thought it was going to dodge the vaccine, and actually dodge some of the, the drugs that you know that I don't, that, that, uh, are used to treat it. And yet it flared in like April of 21, and by June it was gone. They, I mean, they haven't had another case since June. I mean, they thought it was going to be a, a bad one, and it wasn't. There's a couple others that were right. the same way, you know. First discovered May of 2021, last seen, you know, July of 2020. So there's been a lot of these. And my first question was, okay, first of all, I, I start to get afraid, like you can actually believe these people. What do they know about this new one that's so much worse than all these other ones we never heard about? And, I mean, if you want to take people direct, you know, Truthfully, your your first thought would have been one of fear. Okay, what what is so worse about this one that these other ones that we never even heard about? Nobody, nobody, no, none of them even hit the press. Or are they really BSing this time, and why? We don't, I mean, you shouldn't have well, to ask. They're, you. Well, they're, well, they're clearly BSing. I think that's the, well. Then the next question yeah. is why? Well, why could, they could have done that with any of the other ones before this? Well, this is so. Here's you know there is this there is this natural tendency right when you don't understand something fully. To, to allow your head to get going in ways that are not very productive. I mean, how many people have blown up a trading account doing that? Yeah. Okay, I mean, you know, if you haven't blown one up, you haven't been doing this for very long. So, it's, you know, the thing is, is that this kind of thing happens all the time. When it, you know, when I, when I got the bug in August, uh, even though I've been following this stuff and reading medical papers for, you know, for 18 months and, and you know, hit my, heck, my bookmark list probably got 500 entries in it now on this. Uh, it still started going around in my head because, you know, it's, it's the middle of the night and you're not sleeping real well because you're feeling like, you know, crud and, uh, gee, all the, all the crazy stuff starts going around your brain, right? Even though you know full well that there's absolutely no reason that should be happening. But it did. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, that's, but that's just human nature. And so there, there is part of that. But the thing is, the reason we have these so-called experts that parade around on television is because they're supposed to be sober enough to not do that. Uh, especially not in public. I mean, what you, you know, what you do in private, so that, that's a, but especially not in public. But no, 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 here it comes. And, and the thing is, now there are rumors that there was, in fact, a leak at, a uni- another lake at a university in Shanghai, and and that may be where this thing came from. Well, um, this wouldn't surprise me, but here's but here is the interesting thing about it. Where is the first person who has died that was sequenced with this variant in their body? And the answer is, so far, I've not heard one report. No, I haven't either. Well, guess what? Do I care if I get the sniffles or I sneeze? Well, that's what I, there's this, we talk about, we, we, we dance around this issue, some with you, um, some with Lou, a lot with Kevin, and even some with Brendan, and uh, because he has a point of view on it as well. We, we dance around this, uh, 
you know, how many fat people can dance on the head of a pin kind of a thing. How is it that in this era we've, we've got this, this this sort of blend between uh, full commentary, almost like Benny Hill laughable crap, and straight news that somehow is is this news during the there's these these quasi news entertainment shows. I'll say CNBC, I'll say Fox News, I'll say even CNN, I'll say probably even Fox News half the time, where it's not really a news, where it, it's, I mean, we, I, I don't know that the general public realizes so much, and, and I only do it, I only do because, well, Maddie's taught me, because he knows more about the business than I do, and I've been doing this for a while, and you guys have taught me, and only, only, only I will say, I have a real problem with Scott Gottlieb coming on the air acting like he's a friggin' doctor when he's on the board of Pfizer. I mean, who who exactly is he representing here? Is he representing the truth? Is he representing himself? Is he representing Pfizer? I we, somehow we, we've got this massive blend of kind of crap going. I'm not, and I'm not really saying these people should be shot or be in a third ring of hell or anything like that. I'm just saying I, I don't know what the I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I, somebody somewhere obviously must have seen, you know, is it as, is it as conspiratorial as, you know, all of a sudden, like Maddie said, he's got back from Iowa, you wouldn't even know there was a COVID. People walk around, there's no mask, nobody pays any attention. Okay, and in suburbs here in, in Chicago, same way. Now in Chicago, God bless, if you don't have your, your mask on in a health club, they're ready to throw you out. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, is, is there, is there just some design to this stuff that the reason, could it be as bad as, Pritzker had nothing else to talk about till this thing come up because nobody now nobody even cares what he says. Now he's back on TV every thirty seconds saying make sure you wear your mask. Was Fauci feeling like he was being resigned to the death door of history? I mean, are they that bad? I mean, I, I can't imagine that. But somehow yeah, it seems yeah, weird. Yes. Uh, Chief, yes, they are. Okay, and and I mean that's the thing is is that when you look at the actual data, okay, the real the real deal. I mean, it's out there. You got to look for it, but it's there. When you look for the, at the real data, this particular thing, uh, by the, by the data, may very well evade the vaccines that we have. Okay, I mean, that's the data. We don't know that yet because it takes quite a bit of time to run the lab testing and find out. And it's just not done. And this is like everything else, alright? But this is, this is predictive behavior. If you look at the history, of attempting to produce durable, protective vaccines against coronaviruses, every single attempt has failed. All of them. There's never been a success in man or beast, ever, in the history of mankind. And we're all of a sudden the smartest people on the planet? No. But you know what else is is indisputed in the history of respiratory pandemics? Every single one of them becomes less virulent and less dangerous over time. And the proof of that is the fact that you're sitting behind the microphone right now. Well, yeah. Because we'd all, every one of us, the entire human race, would be extinct if that was not true. Well, I think it is true. I, uh, I, but I, I of course do. it's true. But I mean, I think when people listen to you, and I think some listen to me, unfortunately, I mean, you know as well as anybody, it's not what you say, it's what people hear. And, and a lot of people, I think, listen to me talk, and to be blunt, I'm not as bad about it as you are. I, I, I question virtually all the decisions we've made on this disease, yet I don't think anybody has more respect for this disease as a disease than I do. 
I read some of the early stuff, and I thought we were really in trouble, Carl. I mean, it's it's you know, where people let me put it this way: when something is a thousand times more in in some people contagious than SARS, and you don't even know you have it, I I, I have a respect for this from day one. That that, but now the question is: how do we how are we going to handle it properly? I mean, is it going to be a problem? Yes. I mean, I there, there's a guy in Chicago here who just got out of he was in the hospital two years, Carl. You know, and oh, yeah. they ended up with two two new lungs, for God's sake. To say that this was not a problem for an awful lot of people, you and I would never say that. Now, the, the question is, what what exactly can you do about it, and have the, and have the things they've done about it helped or just hurt other stuff more than they helped anything? I mean, that, that's what you. Well, wanna... that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look at look at that. Sorry, right? so so we. We shut down the world, and we're still playing constraints. Look at look at what Biden just came out with you know, in the last couple of days. Now all of a sudden, he's, he's he's taken a dagger and shoved it in the heart of the tourism industry, especially international tourism. He's essentially destroyed it again. Yeah, again. Okay, again. So there it goes. All right. I mean, you know, as, as I look at this this morning. Um, you know, Carnival went out at seven uh, at, at uh, just under eighteen dollars last night. All right, cruise line. Right, uh, they were trading in the mid twenties a few days ago. Yeah. So this is, and, and it's not just them; it's all the other things along with. There are parts of the economy, not so much in the United States as other nations, but there, but to some extent, certain areas around here in, in this country that without tourism, they're finished. They're done. <laughs> right. And the thing is, this is was there a cause to do that this time? No, there was no evidence for it. So if you got scared because you heard something go bump in the middle of the night, does it make sense to grab the gun out of your, your nightstand? Yeah. But you just start blasting away through the walls? Well, Calvin, when I, I, as I mentioned before, when I read that first article, I said to myself, Self, there's a chance... That hopefully we find some good treatments. Hopefully there's some type of a mitigating vaccine. I, I didn't know anything about COVID or any of that stuff, so I didn't. I didn't know there never been a real you know knockout ma- vaccine like measles or something. I said hopefully we find something along the way because there's a there's a really strong chance that everybody's going to get this in one way or another. And you know what, Carl? Well, everybody is going to get it. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I, I I didn't want that to happen, right? But I'm not so sure I was wrong. People are still getting. Well, you know what? But that's. Uh, I said that back in March and April of 2020. I said every single person, and I wrote it in public, and I've, and I've said it several times since. Every single person is going to get this, and and the reality is that just like with all the other coronaviruses that circulate in the population, there's four of them. Two of them are in the same family as COVID. Okay, two of them are coals, right? And OT43. Are two two of them are coals? Well, they are now, but one yeah. of them caused a pandemic in the 1890s. Right, but right you now, know why the, you know why it doesn't cause one today? Because pretty much every kid gets it within the first three. Or, these are three or four year cycles, and you can get it again. Pretty much every kid gets it the first three or four years of their life. Just like with COVID, it almost never kills children. Okay, it gives them the flu, it gives them the sniffles, they get over it, they get some antibody protection from it, and when it comes back around 20 years later, their body knows what it is. And they get sick, but they don't die. Oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't give you my little story. I'll be very brief because I've told it before. My little story about uh, not last weekend, but the week before, I had a, a, a little tummy bug, which I haven't had in a while. Uh, that are miserable, but they're two days, right? 
As, as long as you have a functioning bathroom, you're pretty much okay, right? Uh, yep. as, as, okay, as, as okay as that can be. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if, if that would have been such a pleasant one of the day of the outhouse. But anyway, so I'm sitting there going. I'm sitting there going. Okay, now wait a minute. I, I, I don't want to call a doctor. Or anything. I'm sure it's just a tummy bug, but I'll go online and find out. Right. So I go online and if I get somehow I get into this chat room thing. Where one lady's saying, man, this is really serious. The minute you get it, go right to the emergency room. And I'm going, God, it shouldn't feel that bad. And, uh, the next person goes, look what happens when you let these people in from across the border. <laughs> How did this get to be this political discussion? Then the next guy says, God, are you a moron <laughs> for even thinking it? So I said, look, this is not the right site. Just to, just to prove what you're saying is, is, is correct. The next site is one that's like the beauty of the internet. It's, it's like a site for doctors and how somehow I get in there. And uh, it has to do with everything that's going around. And like you're saying, they're, they're listing all these bugs that kids from one to three are getting and two to four are getting. And there's like eight of them, you know, in which states they are. And, and you're right. They're circulating all over. And these are, these are stuff we've probably already had, you know, a couple of times and probably aren't going to get it again. And then of course I get to the adult part and there's not very much stuff. And sure enough, the one, the thing I have is it begins with a D and it's like, you know, 15 letters there for that. Oh yeah, it's, it's in eight states. Illinois is right in the middle of it. It's all over the place. By the way, you're one to two days, you know, in love with the bathroom, and the third day maybe a little bit, and then you're fine. Don't call your doctor, don't, and then you're, you're fine. Maybe maybe throw some Pepto Bismol in, and that's about it. And uh, sure enough, they're absolutely right. You know, so it's it's a bug that's been around. But, but I was surprised at how many things are going around for kids, and I don't think it's, you know, it's like it's a lot. I think it's just a normal amount, like you're talking about. They're just stuff's always circulating. Oh, it is. I, listen, I, you know what? I I raised my daughter from the time she was in diapers. Okay, I mean, you know, start from the zero, right? Every single year, she'd go to school, and about a week later, she'd come home. Her, her nose was running, whatever. She's, you know, she's Dan. I feel kind of like crap. And and guess who? Guess who gets it two days later? Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Every single time. And it's it's like okay, um, yeah, this is like the normal thing that happens with every kid ever because when you start with a baby, the baby, you know, all they get is the colostrum. If if you're if the, the woman breastfeeds, if not, they don't even get that to start with, and they get every single bug that goes around because they're they're filthy little animals. They go outside, and they play in the playground, and you know, play with their friends and whatever, and you know, everybody's touching everybody else all the time. It's it's amazing, and yet when we look at you look at the the burden that goes on over time and the contact rate. This is one of the things I wrote about very early on, is that the social interaction level of people is at their highest when they're very young, and it, and social interaction being amount of contact times time times number of individuals, and every single kid that's in school has hundreds of those interactions where a respiratory virus can go between them every single day, just in the hallway going between classes. Well, and that's actually very healthy, unless something's yeah, really you know bad. What? You think about it. How, how many do you have as an adult? And as a retired person, how many do you have? What do you have? You have your, the, the, you know, the four people you play bridge with? Pretty much, yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, who is going to circulate these things? The kids. And is that bad? No, it's good because they get it and they prevent they presents to everybody else a firewall that stops it from getting into your house eventually. But yes, they get it first. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we... That's the thing. I mean, are, are, are the the response... Well, right now, today, we, we've got this attitude, Carl, that 
somehow, no matter what it is, government has to do something. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't I mean, what, what, what do you think has caused all these changes in, like, these allergies and the peanut allergies? I mean, I asked, I asked the local bartender, I go, how come you can't, you can't get a bag of beer nuts anymore in a bar? Oh, God, nobody, nobody wants a peanut in the place. Nobody will come in here. Well, right, because somebody might, you know, might have an allergic reaction, yeah. fall over, if they don't have an EpiPen, they're going to die. Yeah, I mean, uh. It's a long way. In twenty years, I mean, it used to be every time you went to a place, if guys eating planters or beer nuts or whatever, and now you can't. Well, I, yeah, I know what causes this, and and, and unfortunately, people are not going to like this. But I'll tell you what it is. So a hundred years ago, there was no insulin. There was none of the miracles that we have today. We didn't have antibiotics. We didn't have any of this stuff. If you had a weaker set of genes. You didn't make it out of childhood. No, you. you, you every, even the real rich families, if they had five, six kids, somebody didn't make it. I mean, the, the, it doesn't matter how much money you had. Yeah. You did, the, the miracles that we have today, the, the medical science we have today, didn't exist. If, if you got a short draw in the wrong place in your genetic code, you were dead. You did not make it to the age where you could reproduce. Today, that's not true. Almost everybody manages uh, short of accidents okay i mean let's let's face it it is it is something like five times as likely that you will drown as a child as you will die from covid yeah (laughs) yeah, pretty much and you take that risk by the way every year and it's and it's 10 to 20 times the, the risk that you'll die in a car accident but the thing is is that we have so many things that used to be absolutely fatal to your genome and today are not that inevitably what ends up happening is that you you survive to adulthood, you're able to reproduce, and that gets propagated, and therefore, in general, the level of these kinds of things goes up. Now, it's, that's not to say it's good or bad, it's just it is what it is. Well, that's, uh, I suppose, so what do you make of the, uh, we had numbers coming out today. If we had the number, how would we trade it? We only got a minute here. Let's, as a matter of fact, let's go to break, Carl, and then we come back, uh, uh, we'll have the numbers right in front of us. You always beat me, but we'll, we'll get them when we can back. XP Futures up 8, NASDAQ is up 41, so people are anticipating something decent here. We'll be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. 
I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. This is Matt Weber on the board. Uh, Maddie, we got an amazing conundrum here. I'm glad we have Carl. Job number came out at two ten, which is supposed to be like what five something. Yeah, I saw five fifty. Five fifty. Yet the I've got on the household survey I have up nine hundred thousand. So Carl's got to explain that to us. But of course, that we're back back into this. If the number's not good, that means the Fed can pour more money in, so it's good for the market. So the SPs are up seventeen. Nasdaq futures up ninety five. Dow's up. Uh, well, I've got it at 58, but it's a lot more than that because that's a delayed feed on the Dow. In Asia, we've got the kneecap 276. That's a full 1%. Shanghai up 33.94%. It's almost 1%. Hang Seng down 22. Uh, I don't know, call that one flat. It's done very much. We're in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX up 62.4%. FTSE up 30.4%. Kekron up 28.4%. So point four, at least these guys are uniform, man. Uniform. Uh, bonds. Uh, down one basis point at 1.43. The Bund unchanged minus 0.37. Japan unchanged positive 0.05. Again, yesterday, big day at the upside. S&P futures up 64. NASDAQ up 127. Dow up 6.17. Oil up eighty now, but still 68.31. We were pushing 84 on our way to 100 a couple weeks ago. Uh, we may still be on our way to 100. We took a detour at 64. Uh, Brent down, uh, I'm sorry, up 194, 71, 61. Natural gas up almost two cents to 421. Again, these guys were six dollars a few weeks ago. I'm gonna, we have to get a comment from Carl for that one as well. Our Bob up three cents at two dollars exactly. We had gold up 740, 17.70. Silver up three cents, 22.31. Uh, copper at 430. That's unchanged. 
We've got Bitcoin up 342, 57,385. What do you have for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 35 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. Uh, we're still looking pretty good on the area expressways. Traffic starting to build on the Edens and Kennedy. Same for the Eisenhower and Stevenson, but no accidents to report. We've had no accidents uh, yet here on a Friday morning on any of the area expressways. South side looking good. As jinx is, them. Yeah, I know. As is uh, Lakeshore Drive. Off the expressways, a couple issues in the suburbs. Northwest suburbs, Rand Road. On the eastbound side at Bonner is backed up to North Main Street, which is Old Rand Road, uh, due to an earlier crash that has uh, stop-and-go traffic on that busy uh, suburban roadway. In Elgin, there's a crash Chicago Street at Spring. And then uh, over in Wheaton, there's a crash Geneva Road at County Farm Road. Uh, but other than that, we're off to a great start here on a Friday morning. Weather today, uh, we'll have uh, sunshine early, then some rain rolling in, a high of 47 Right now, it is partly cloudy and 45 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunny with a high of 80 today. Right now, it's clear and 54. In sports, the Bulls went to New York and beat the Knicks 119-115 to 115 in an uh, exciting close game. Suns beat the Pistons 114-103. to 103. Blackhawks were in an exciting contest as well. They tied the Capitals late in Washington and then won in a shootout. 4-3 to three was the final in that one. And lastly, Thursday night football, it was Dallas winning in New Orleans 27-17. Chief. Um, Carl, I'm going to say uh, we need you today more than ever because these numbers, these guys are talking 210 in the establishment survey. Uh, I'm looking at the, my, the the crummy household survey that the schmoes like me look at, and I, I see a little bit of an increase in the population. Okay, the... the uh, civilian population of like uh, 100,000 people, and that's what you've been talking about. However, they've got us with about 500 and almost 600,000 more people in the working, or available for work, which is, I don't know where they came from. Uh, so now we've got almost 900,000 more working. This is in the household survey opposed to 210, which these guys came up with. Uh, so our ratios of people working are up. The unemployment, unemployed people are down 600,000 and the amount of people we don't know what the hell they're doing are down almost 500,000. So if you look at this thing, it's the best report ever. And yet that now on TV, everybody's all disappointed. Would please match the two up if you can. Well, um, okay, so this is a very odd report, right, from an internal perspective. Uh, the 210 headline number is, you know, is... is what's spiking the futures because also i mean if you look at why it's not hard to figure out look at the end there's you know there's your answer right if the fed's going to pour more money in yep um but the the other side of this though is that i i was i immediately went looked at the wage tables okay because you know we've got an inflation problem all right so where's it showing up where's the pressure showing up couple of things that were that stuck out at me immediately one of them is we have had we have basically no acceleration of any sort in terms of employment and health care at all now why is that because we're firing all these people who refuse to go get the vaccine so we have supposedly a respiratory pandemic that's raging through the country and yet we do not have the people to handle it because we have half a million fewer people working in health care today than we did when this thing started. Uh, um, that's special. That's not, 
that's not going to work out so good if, in fact, all the doomsayers end up being right. So either the people that run these places know that's a bunch of BS, and it's all being exploited for whatever purpose, or there is a disaster that's about to occur as we go into flu season. <laughs> all right, one yeah. of the two things is going to happen. The other thing that's interesting is that when you look at the, at the wage pressure, I see it in certain places, and, and interestingly enough, I don't see it in others. So in education and healthcare, for example, the October-November change was very modest, but leisure and hospitality is quite market on a percentage basis. Okay, the average hourly earnings went from 1904 to 1920 in one month. That's a pretty big move. I mean, it ends up being about seven bucks, a, you know, seven bucks a week or so. But that's in one month. That's you know, that's that's a hundred dollars across the year. Um, what do you what do you suppose it would have to be to have somebody? Uh keep up with actually the prices they see every day. You need to raise every day. We're, all, I mean, we're not the Weimar yet. We're, we're heading there. Well, the leisure and hospitality people, I mean, you know, they, again, remember, average weekly earnings there is, you know, around 500 bucks a year, or 500 bucks a week, okay? But this but this run rate implies, uh, you know, about a 20% increase. So, yeah, they're probably, they're probably staying even with it. I don't think anybody else is, but they are. But uh, I think they were... That's when you, well, we, we could talk forever uh, about just any subject, you and I, actually. But, uh, well, they've been getting shorted for a long time. Yeah, though, for, for like 20 it. years, yeah. you know, so, I mean, to, to, yeah. go, to go from 10 bucks to 11 is 10%, but it's only a buck, Chuck, you know. Well, no, I, uh, yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying, you know, the, the, even you look at just like November 2020 to November 2021, you're talking about four, 440 to 506. I mean, that's a... That's not a small amount of money in, over the space of a year, okay, especially when you're at the lower end of the economic strata. I used to live in that part of the world, and, and you know, that's, uh, on a weekly basis, that's a pretty big bump. I, uh, uh, as, you, as you well know, my, my vision of all this <laughs> was uh, when I was the <clears throat> the uh, inflation guy at Pullman, and the only, <laughs> the only guy who didn't participate, well, a lot of my friends didn't in the, in the <clears throat> finance department, but they had a 5% cap on everybody else. Even yeah. though the inflation was running, so my boss says to me, you're, "By the way, you've grown a lot this year. You've taken on all these new responsibilities, blah blah blah. And for that, we're going to make sure you get the highest I can give five percent." Here's your five percent. I felt like the girl in, uh, thought she was pregnant in Caddyshack. Tanks for nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like five, really? Five? You know? But uh, but even then, I mean, I don't I don't think I've ever saw in one year. You know, used cars go up like twenty five percent in a year. I mean, what if what if I needed a car and all of a sudden instead of having to pay three thousand, I had to pay four? I mean, that, that that's kind of well, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your host, I have a friend of mine that I drink with once in a while, and he was he's he's had a run of bad luck in his family with younger people smashing cars, not necessarily through their own fault. The last one they got rear ended. I mean, I don't know how that's your problem, but of course that means you have to go buy a car, right? And, uh, and so he's, you know, I mean, he's like pulling his hair out because every time he goes to there, he's like, well, everything that's for sale stinks and it's stupid expensive. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, yeah, this is, you, you get it in, you know, you get it both holes, so to speak, on that. The other thing that's interesting in this report is that the trend that I have been noting for the last year has leveled off. It has not, it has not resolved itself, started to go the right direction. 
but uh, we're now down to eight eight sixty one in terms of annualized rate of change of non institutional population. Uh, that's you know the normal levels around two million. We're at eight sixty one, but last month we were at eight sixty nine. So it's essentially flat. I mean, that's that's for all intents and purposes that's a zero. Um, so whatever it is that has been causing uh, that to uh, to become a problem appears to not be going away, but at least it's stable here. Um, Carl, you may, that's interesting. I suppose that's good. I uh, you, um, you get me thinking here now about this hospital stuff. I happen to have a, a, a couple of friends, one lady who just got a new knee, and a buddy who's... Uh, scheduled for a hip actually two guys that are scheduled for a hip and uh i th- i think what's happened carl i mean I, I, as you know i'm a i'm a big uh i'd be a pain in the ass boy to people in congress if i was there about antitrust there are a couple of combinations here in chicago of hospital groups yet again last year right which we don't need but we do we're getting them right and everybody now if you need a hip you're you're eight months out these are people with real insurance this isn't this isn't, you know, oh man, you know, if you're in Canada and you, you got their 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 uh, their system, you got to wait eight weeks for a new hip. Well, guess what? We're we're waiting for that here. I think they laid all these people off last year, combined a couple of places, and decided, you know what? If we can do five hips a day, we can charge God knows what for a hip. Why, why do we need to do more? I mean, why 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 don't we just keep it like that? I mean, I, I don't think our scheduling here now is really any better than. Canada, well, I don't know, Canada or Britain or places that people vilify all the time. It's not like if you need a hip, you're getting one tomorrow. I mean, I, everything. Yeah, there's a, there's a real problem with with the the vertical integration, uh, both vertically and horizontally, when it comes to this stuff. And I, you know, I've written about it, talked about it for a very, very long time. And and if anything, the pandemic has accelerated that. Even though you would think so, uh, it has. And and now you have the you know the pressure points. I I argued that Obamacare was not about getting people more access to health care. That of course is how it was sold to the public. But that's not what it was about. What it was about was that the health industry in this country, all the way from pharmaceutical to hospitals to everybody else, had gotten to the point where it was sucking up enough of, of the economy and enough economic activity. The people were pushing back by just walking away from it. And they take their chances, we, you know, because we have Mtala, so if you have our attack, somebody's going to take care of it, you know, try to take care of something. And people are just taking their shot at it. And, and interestingly enough, during those years, um, life expectancy continued to go up, and other than things like drug abuse and ODs, which, of course, you know, have a nasty habit of showing up in the data and killing you, uh, that we actually were doing just fine from that standpoint. So th- that implies that, that we're not actually helping people with an awful lot of what we do. All right, it's, it's not resulting in, in better health and better life for the people that are getting it, but it does ex- result in an awful lot of money being spent. Right. Well, I, uh, if I had, uh, well, uh, I don't know if Jeff was on earlier in the week and he had a, I couldn't make it, but he had a, an evening with Rod, Rod Blagojevich. Which he said, "Why don't you come with? I got a ticket." And I said, "Well, it's a night I meet these other guys and whatever. It's my, it's my have a drink with the judge night. So, uh, judges and uh, anyway. So I, I plus it was later. I had to come back down. Eh, whatever it was, I didn't go. I probably should have. But anyway, the 
he asked me, what questions would you ask uh, Rod Blagojevich? And I said, well, I'd have two right out of the gate. I'd say, when you when you talk about what's going on in Chicago with the you know the crime and so forth, what exactly can a gov what exactly could a governor do if he wanted to? I mean, what if it I don't want it to, but what if it got like ten times worse? I mean, you, could you say to Laurie Lightfoot, I don't really give a crap what you think. I'm bringing the National Guard, and these people got to get protected. Or, I mean, or, or what? What is the legal piece of that? Because I'm sure Rod knows all that stuff. I mean, he's not a dummy. Right. He's going, and I also ask him about, you know, the uh, um, the schools and the COVID, and, and what what actually your powers are and aren't. And I'd, I'd have some specific questions about, you know, being being governor, but. I, uh, um, you know, kind of where I, where I was headed with this was, uh, you know, where, where exactly, and with, with, you know, the, uh, the, the employment numbers the way they are, how can you figure out exactly, Carl, whether we're gaining or losing? I, I don't, I mean, this, this COVID, to me, every time, every time something happens, it seems like it's another luck out for the people with money. I mean, you, you see in, in Well, the, uh, yeah, but it's not a luck out. It's being engineered this way. That's the problem. But Obamacare was the same thing, Chief. I mean, they did the, you know, this this was supposedly to help everybody out. Well, you know what? My ability to go out and buy in the private market insurance coverage that actually covers the things that I can't afford to buy on my own. Well, all right, you know, you get cancer, you, you blankety blank. Um, my ability to do that, well, yeah, I can have it today, but it's three times as expensive as it was then. Well, let me ask you, if I'm trying to formulate this question in a way where you can possibly answer it and, and some, you know, without writing four novels or books, nonfiction books, we, we start out with it with a, with an issue. And I honestly believe, you know, whatever, knock me over to feather if you want, but I honestly believe that when Obama started all this, uh, this stuff as Hillary when she started, and it's not because they're Democrats or whatever, I, th- I think they tried to help some people. And, and, and to make this better. And I think when he came up with the idea, or somebody did, of the exchanges where people could actually access stuff. I mean, I stood on an exchange floor for 20 years. If people are competing, there's, there's no better way on earth. It's like Lloyd's of London, for God's sake. They've been around for centuries. Now, the fact that it didn't turn out anywhere near that way, is it, was he that sneaky where he really wanted it to come down this way for the, Big hospitals and big insurance, or was it? I mean, I, from what I see of the man, I, I think he's a very decent man. He's a good family man. I think he's bright. I think he's for that job. He's incredibly lazy, and I think he has no attention to detail. And I don't think he's willing to put people in place and say, "Ride herd on this." I mean, I would not have been smart enough to be president, but if I was, I wouldn't allow. 250 or wherever it was combinations and in insurance companies the same day I plan on having an exchange for insurance because guess what if I buy if there's only one market maker in a pit there's not a market I mean, right. he didn't understand that or he didn't care enough or he didn't think it was going to happen or once it did happen the insurance company started giving people so much money that he didn't care I mean I, I don't know anywhere near enough about politics somewhere in there some combination of there is the truth I honestly don't believe that a man like him, would spend two years talking about exchanges if he didn't think it was the way that that would would help people out to get to insurance companies, or whether or not he all along he he just 
let that as a green light for all you guys to go compete. I know there's not going to be one at the end of the day. I, I don't think he did that, but is it lack of attention to detail? Is it you can't get the right help? Or there's so many other things on your plate as president, you can't write hurt on it? I, mean, I, I don't know the answer to there. Do, do you? No, I, I, I know exactly what happened because I've been tracking this stuff since I was running my Internet company. And, and basically the bottom line is there is it, it is not insurance. And people have to stop calling it that. And until we stop allowing people to call it that, we're never going to solve this problem. It is prepaid medical access. That's what you're buying. It's not insurance. Well, initially it wasn't it supposed to be, that you would go to one of these exchanges. I I don't care what somebody thinks it's supposed to be. I'm telling you what it is. I know, but I, I, I guess what I'm trying to find out is how did it go from this plan to this result? I, 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 I because, because the re- look, if you're an, if you're a a prepaid seller of a thing, I don't care if it's gasoline, healthcare, whatever, and by government regulation you can only make ten percent because you're called an insurance company. All right, but you can pay yourself there's, whatever you want. But yeah, but but your so-called profit can only be ten percent, right? There are only two ways to grow your company. Only two. And one of them is to have more events that you have to fork up money out of, which makes your premiums go up. But the second is that you make these things that happen more expensive. Yeah, well, that's right. That's the only way you can grow your company. Well, the uh, I was just thinking, is, is there is there any word in the English language... It could have as many different definitions and as many abuses as the word profit. Well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, but all, you know, I mean, all I'm pointing out, Chief, is that the what we used to have. You know, I've got a receipt laying around here that was sent to me that was, ironically, was from the same year I was born for an actual live birth from the hospital. Okay. Inflated to today's money, it's about a thousand dollars. And by the way, that's soup to nuts. That's everything. That's not just the mother. That's also all the care for the infant and everything else, and it's itemized. What does it cost now? About eight grand minimum. <laughs> what is a uh, one of? Audrey's friends was telling me. Uh, she uh, you know, last, uh, uh, just, just as a quick check, has has the actual process of giving birth changed in the last forty years? <laughs> uh, we have a we have a bill here from a guy, a listener who uh, was his mom was six days in Little Company of Mary Hospital on the South Side here, and I think the bill didn't include the doctor, but include the anesthesia and everything. The delivery room what was the bill, Matty, two hundred seventy bucks. Yeah, sixty days, six days. I, one, of, one of Audrey's yeah. friends told me last week that she had some she has some diabetes issues, but she ended up with open heart surgery and had her in intensive care. I, I, I don't know what they, the insurance company ended up paying. Could the, could the list price on a on a an intensive pulmonary intensive care day could it be a hundred grand? Oh yeah. Well, you get all right. The nurse takes care of two people. What what she. Give her a hundred. Give her a grand a day, which she's not making. All right, so there's five hundred. The room with the rent on the room with the machinery. Give yourself three grand. Where's the other ninety six? 
in someone's pocket. What is the what is the overhead rate on these places? Well, look, let me let me just give you. A, I mean, this is this has got a, a set of political overtones that that will set everybody off, but it, it is what it is. Okay, you know, we had just had this, these arguments with Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court. You, if if you need an abortion, whether you consider it elective or whether it's medically required, whatever, there are two options. One is you go have a if you're early enough in pregnancy. One is you, you go have a procedure, and the second one is you take two drugs. The drugs are almost exactly the same price as the procedure. The drugs can be made for about two dollars. But why do they cost the same as the procedure? Because somebody is able to get away with doing that. And in a market economy, that couldn't happen. The pills would cost ten dollars. Well, I'm sure there's and, a patent, and the on guy it. would still make four hundred percent profit. There's a patent on them, I imagine. Well, okay, so you know what? But there's not a patent on them. How long has RU forty six existed? Far more than the amount of time that patents protect things. If you don't game them, well, you game them. You can't actually game them. Okay. Well, guess what? Why do we have these problems with medical care costs and all of this stuff going on? Well, I think I mean, you just answered the question. Well, I mean, you know, I, I was about to say earlier that if, if if I was Obama, which you know I'm not, but was never president and don't have a foundation, so um, the the thought of trying to do something in, the, in insurance and the healthcare without coming to grips with the patent product patent patent laws as they affect medicine. I mean, you don't you don't come up with a drug, get it 17 years, and decide under on insurance and with the government paying for it. Oh man, I I think I should charge like a hundred grand a treatment. Well, what does it cost you to make five? But a hundred's a good number. It's it's a great number. <laughs> I mean, there, there's how how could there be no no discipline whatsoever on on how much you can charge on a medical patent? What well, other but, people but are paying for? The thing is this: it, what's what the normal discipline is is that there are alternatives. And, and maybe they work better, maybe they work worse, but, there, but there's alternatives, there's choices, okay? And, and the market sorts of stuff out. Right up until you allow someone to turn around and force somebody else to pay the bill. Look, would I, you know, would I love to drink the Hennessy's Paradise every night whenever I want a glass of cognac? Sure, except I don't like what a bottle costs. Right. But if I can make you buy the bottle, Chief, <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking you. Uh, <clears throat> well, I'm trying not to ask any personal questions. But uh, so I, was was Viagra ever paid for by insurance? I don't know if it was, but you know, now that it's now that it's essentially. And by the way, you do know that it was a blood pressure medication originally, right? I didn't know that. I thought I know the blood pressure, the stuff for your hair, was a blood pressure one. The one for the for no. It's uh, as it, as it turns out. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator which lowers your blood pressure. Guess what else it does? <laughs> well, it, it helps and it helps NFL quarterbacks on Sunday, from what I hear. Yeah, my my understanding is that uh, if you if you dilate blood vessels and increase blood flow, certain things work better. <laughs> yeah, but but it's not just the one thing; it's everything. That's why. If you're an offensive lineman, <clears throat> offensive lineman, and it's fourth and one on the goal line, you'd love to have a shot of this stuff, right? Well, yeah, and I, I don't know if that's on the banned substances list, but I, 
I don't think it is. It's amusing. But, you know, people talk about repurposed drugs and, oh, no, we shouldn't be doing, you know, this and that with, you know, with you know what. Well, gee, you know, I I wonder if people realize that the whole reason that you have Viagra is exactly that. (laughs) Well, what was the one that was going to be the the most profitable drug ever? The thing you used, the blood pressure drug you put on your head and your hair grew back. Rogaine? Rogaine. Yeah, well, that was the whole Propecia thing or whatever. I I don't remember what what the generic name is for it, but yeah. What a great drug. If you had a... It was fifty bucks a week for the rest of your life. That, that's what you want. You don't want one that, you know, if it's two grand, and you don't want to cure anybody. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, the the the, the drug co- and, and that's the one of the problems with medicine in the United States, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceutical companies have every incentive to come up with something that just manages a condition and stops you from dying, but you never actually fix it. Well, absolutely. Carl, we got a dash, buddy. Thank you very much for that stuff on a very confusing report, like you said. But the market seems like it. Up 17, and the S&P's NASDAQ up 59. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.